Hello and welcome to Career Move Secrets, a brand new podcast for active job seekers and the career minded. In each episode, I'll interview a special guest from my global network. Guests will include seasoned recruiters, experienced hiring managers from companies big and small, and successful individuals who have developed great careers through making great career moves. My aim is to uncover and share my guests' unique perspectives, their insights, and their insider advice on job searching, interviewing, and career enhancement. My name is Tony Talbot, and I've been working in the recruitment industry as an international headhunter for over 20 years. I'm the creator of CareerMoveSecrets.com, a step-by-step online course for job seekers that I designed to be the ultimate guide to getting hired in the hidden job market. I will add my perspective to the conversation, and together with my guests, we hope to provide some genuine, actionable insider advice that will help you execute your next career move. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to episode 11 of Career Move Secrets. Today's guest is JC Townend, CEO of Lee Hecht Harrison. JC has over 20 years experience leading 100 million plus international consulting businesses. Hi, JC. How are you? Hi, Tony. Great. Brilliant. How how are you getting on in lockdown? How's everything uh, treating you? No, it's going really well. I think one thing I found is I'm actually having to relearn old skills. So, for example, when I was in the U.S., uh, I had um, only about 10% of our employees were in the headquarters with me, and 90% were all around the country. And because we couldn't get out and see them all the time, we made really good use of video conferencing, etc. But that was 10 years ago. And I think as I've moved to the U.K., and my offices are all around the U.K. and Ireland, but it's much more easy to get out and see people I become fairly lazy about using video conferencing and was mostly using phone uh, to talk to people. And what I'm finding is I'm relearning those skills about how to use video conferencing and, and my team is as well. And I'm, I'm finding we're closer than ever. Brilliant. Yeah, it can be quite effective, can't it? And, you know, particularly as you, you can, with Zoom and things, you can, you can have multiple people on the screen. Um, it's just learning your etiquette of when to speak and when to not and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, JC, I, I obviously know you quite well. We've worked together in the past, um, so I, I know lots about you, but of course, uh, the listeners will not. Could you give me the, the sort of career history? Sure. Um, as you can probably tell by my accent, I'm American um, and spent most of my career in the US. I came over to the UK about um, eight years ago. Um, my career, I am a uh, have a master's degree in economics and started my career in banking uh, very quickly after that, moving into management consulting. And I spent the bulk of my career in management consulting. Um, my job brought me over to the UK where I was uh, tasked with leading Europe and Asia for an international management consultancy. Um, After that, I took a role as managing director in an engineering company that wanted to become much more like a management consultancy. And now I am CEO for the UK and Ireland of LHH, which is an outplacement and talent development company. Okay, so you've you've had a very interesting career and you've you've moved you know, into, into different industries. You've obviously moved country as well, which is an interesting one to do. How have those career moves actually uh, 
come to pass, if you like? Have they been moves where you've been approached or have you actually applied to jobs? I would say I've probably had every experience out there um, from uh, in the olden days from applying to roles advertised in the newspaper Mm -hmm. um, to working for um, my family uh, members to being introduced by headhunters um, to being approached by headhunters or having my own personal network uh, inform me about roles that were available. Yeah, and it's a different mindset, isn't it? Sometimes when you're, you know, I, I'd imagine most of your career uh, has been, you know, reacting to opportunities sometimes. But um, I know that, you know, you, you when you were uh, most recently with, with sort of uh, ICF International and we started to talk mm-hmm. to each other, you know, there was a period there where you were actually looking for a role, which is a different way of thinking. H- how different did you find that experience where you actually have to say, right now I'm interested in exploring the market and I need to actually be more proactive. Yeah, I think that was, it was much more challenging because I I think when you have a role, obviously you have a lot of confidence. You don't have any timeline for trying to uh, get a new role. Um, My experience was uh, after I came here to the UK, my company needed me to move back to the U S and that just wasn't going to work for family reasons. So I was in the uncomfortable position of uh, being without a role, um, having some period of transition because I had a non-compete and a severance package. But nevertheless, that did give me kind of a time-bound period after which I really needed to find a role. And I think that's, you know, it's, it's difficult to maintain your confidence and enthusiasm and uh, expectation of a role as you go through the ups and downs of of seeking and seeking a new position without knowing for certain there is something at the end. Yeah, and I I think it's probably even harder at your level because you are very senior. You know, you run very large businesses, and and you know you're you're used to being the leader in you know quite sizable businesses with you know hundreds, if not sometimes you know I think up to a thousand people. So you've the roles at your level are few and far between, and they're not necessarily um, as visible. You know, they're not always advertised. Um, how 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 did you use your your network to uncover opportunities? Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I would say it's the norm that the roles aren't advertised. And I think not just at the senior level, but you find this throughout the marketplace is that there's a lot of roles in that hidden job market um, mm. that people would, would never be aware of. Um, so when I think about how I went about it, the challenge for me coming to the UK, I'd only been here for three years mm. and then suddenly I was out of a role. And so my major networks were back in the, in the US. So I had to work really hard to build up a network from scratch during that six-month period. And, um, you know, as you'll know, Tony, but your listeners don't, uh, you were really helpful during that period. Um, You were someone that we knew already. And I think um, helping me to introduce me into companies um, and having that warm introduction made all the difference. Um, Because, I had, you, you know, you try with a cold introduction, but the problem is, with you approaching companies yourself, um, you know, they don't know you at all. Um, they're getting literally thousands, if not tens of thousands of 
interested parties that want to work for the company. And it's hard for them to really separate the wheat from the chaff. So having a warm introduction, either through someone like you um, or through your your executive networks, I found made, made all the difference. Yeah, I think referrals is, you know, I, th- is, I think it's 40% of, of uh, job offers are made through referrals now. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, probably recruiters like me make up another 20 or so percent. And then there's, there's, there's other things happening as well. But yeah, if you can be vouched for by somebody that is already known, like known, liked and trusted by that company, that, that is a, a, a great place to be. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's how it works. I, I guess that turns us to, to your role as a hiring manager. I've worked for you as a, as a, as a, you being my client and, and me being your, your recruiter in the past as well. So I, I know you do lots of that work and I know you're very, you're very switched on to, to that process. Um, how do you tend to recruit your senior team? Do you use advertising or do you use search or do you use referrals? What's, what's your method? Yeah. So I think we use, um, Every every um, every approach in recruiting. Um, obviously, we we advertise most of our positions. Some of our more senior positions we don't advertise mm. for obvious reasons. Um, we do have an internal re- recruiter who works mm. for us, um, and then obviously we use external re- recruiters. We also have a program like most companies of referrals, employee referrals, and mm. we reward employees with a, a cash payment if the referral is hired. Um, any place we can get good talent, we're looking for it. You have to cover all the bases, don't you? You have to really go for it. Um, it it's it's, uh, it's interesting, but at the more senior end, you, you tend to have to be a bit more direct and strategic and, you know, employ, you know, a headhunter like me to, to try and find that niche or hard to find talent. You know, and sadly, we're actually finding that at every end because what we're finding is that as things go electronic, um, literally, you know, thousands and thousands of people can easily apply for a single position. Mm. Um, And you can use, um, you know, artificially intelligent software to try to filter through some of those CVs to separate the wheat from the chaff, but you really get some completely inappropriate people applying for a role for which they have no experience whatsoever. Uh, Interestingly, I I was meeting with a, um, a CHRO of a major bank uh, last month and I asked him some of his goals for the year and he said one of his goals was to have fewer applicants <laughs> and I said fewer applicants and he said yes they have this problem where they literally get tens of thousands of CVs um, that are completely inappropriate for the roles and what they were looking to do is to develop a better relationship with people that might be interested in applying for the company and only reveal positions that might be open to them once they had determined that the person might be qualified in a way to kind of create a, um, a better um, quality pool of applicants rather than a huge amount of unqualified people. I have seen that that idea. Yeah, this idea of a sort of closed talent pool where you, you really have to have pre-qualified as somebody that, that is is in in the right space because you're right i mean the amount of applications i, I stopped advertising 10 years ago yeah. and, and and part wow. of the reason i stopped advertising was it's i found it a waste of time there was you might get three four hundred people that want a response of which 99 percent of them are completely uh you know it's like they haven't read the the the, the job role and description at all so 
it is a frustrating process and actually going direct to sources is a better use of of my time and efforts than it is to try and write an advert and deal with the response so yeah i'm not i'm i'm not entirely surprised by that i've got to say um it, you know it is a it is a, an, an oddity on the reverse of that when when somebody is thinking about this sort of talent pool idea when 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 somebody is very very relevant to you i.e. you know maybe they're in your industry maybe they work for one of your competitors or one of your clients or, or, or but they're in that space and they make a direct approach to you which i'm sure happens occasionally when you don't even have a role that's suitable for them if they are very good and come across very well do you ever create roles for them yes absolutely um you know when it's it's difficult to find really high quality perfectly relevant people and so when you find someone that's interested you're more likely to think about think more creatively about whether there's a way to bring them into your organization yeah i i i find i keep telling people this happens to me sort of up to 10 times a year where i find somebody they have to be very good you know it's not this is not an approach that everybody can make um to every business but but if you are a known entity in your sector you have a decent track record and you can articulate that track record through a a good personal value proposition if you can take that directly to a hiring manager within an organization they can only say no that you know it's not you're not right for us right yeah. now but but often they'll say well let's have a chat and a conversation can often lead to a, a role uh, and a job um or if not that, at least some intel as to when they might be looking next, or indeed sometimes uh, who else is in looking in the marketplace. Because it's amazing what you find out if you ask if you ask the right questions in the right way. Yeah, exactly. And even if that first introduction doesn't yield anything, if you recall in the example that you and I had, Tony, you would introduce me into a company that was very interested in me. In the end, I took a different role, but then they mm. contacted me again two years later <laughs> about a role they had available. So, I mean, those those introductions are never um, are never wasted. No, they're not. And, and you know, the more you do these things, the more you, you build your network basically uh, by by having these conversations. People do remember that, particularly if it's personal and it's direct. I think people remember that, and it and it makes an impact on people. So, you know, I. I it, you need to know how to do that, though. I, 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 you know, I stress that it's not something that you uh, you should do without having uh, sought some some real advice on on how you do that. And of course, my course will help you with that if you're if you are yeah. interested. Um, you're now the CEO of Lee Hecht Harrison, which is an interesting business because you're you're very much in that sort of career transition outplacement market. I'm interested in in how busy you are right now, given what we see as the economic outlook for one um but also any nuggets of uh, of um you know sort of advice that you might give to people who are in that transition period at the moment we already work with more than 30,000 people a year who have been made redundant from their companies um in helping them to figure out how to land on their feet in a new role I think, you know, sadly, with the current economic situation, uh, those um, those projects are only increasing. Um, a lot of companies are contacting us uh, because they have planned restructurings in place, and they want to make sure that they're doing all their, they can for their employees to help them learn how to get a role next and transition smoothly, especially 
as the labor market gets tougher and tougher for people. Mm. Um, I think it's even more important that people have those skills. And what we find is some people, you know, haven't looked for a job in five years, 10 years, 15 years, and the job market has changed tremendously. And how you go about um, getting noticed in the job market is really important. And then the other thing we do is we find um, some of the jobs that people are losing are jobs that are actually going away. So mm. maybe five or 10 years ago, if you were let go from your current company, you're putting together a CV to get the same role in a different company that is hiring. What we're finding in today's marketplace is some of those roles themselves are going away. So it's really about reinventing yourself and thinking about how your the skills that you've developed are transferable to another role in a, in a not just a different company, but possibly a, a completely different job. Yeah, and that's tough, isn't it? Because I think there's a lot of, you know, transferable skills is one of these really interesting areas where, you know, everybody thinks they have them. And then, you know, when you when you sit down in front of a, a oh, you try and get your next job, it's not often the case that the, the hiring company thinks you have those skills because, you know, the tried and trusted proven track record method of recruiting is 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 prevalent. And and I've got to admit that it's people like me that make it more prevalent because, you know, what yeah. I keep saying what recruiters do is they they look to hit a bullseye, at, at, you know, pretty full and center. They particularly if you're you're asking for a fee to do that, which of course recruiters are. So we tend to really deliver. Um, people with an experience that they've done the job before, maybe to a lesser extent, but they've done the job before. And, and you know, shortlists are often made up of people who are very, very highly relevant now. It, it's, it's, you know, if you're, if you're trying to make that transition, it could be harder. What, what are the sorts of things that, that, that people can do to, to build that transferability? Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing is, is going back um, in looking at everything that you've done in your role and thinking about what are some of the skills that you've developed that might be useful to a different kind of role. And I was really, you know, impressed by some of the experts that you know, we have in-house. Um, mm. We have CV writers who um, an auto manufacturing company gave us a test where they gave us a test CV of someone who is on their um, plant assembly line. Um, and it was a really poorly written CV. And they said, okay, take this and in 24 hours, turn this around into something else. And I was really pleased with what our team was able to do to actually pull out the useful, relevant skills of that person, um, not just being a wheel fitter on an assembly line, um, but that might be transferable to a different kind of job altogether. And when I saw the CV, it was someone I wanted to hire because they had highlighted things about quality control, timeliness, mm. um, things that you could see were traits that were really um, valuable in another, in a, in another kind of, of business. Um, and because the person was extremely well qualified, but if you just led with the, I'm a wheel fitter on an assembly line, um, no one would be thinking about hiring them. No, there's definitely, uh, definitely a craft in producing a, a good CV and, and, you know, putting the information together in the, in the right way. I, I completely agree with that. Um, One other thing I would say about um, things people need to do to be ready for a new role, especially in this environment. Yes. Part is characterizing your old skills, but second is really developing those new skills. Mm. Uh, and I think um, 
if you're in a period, say, of redundancy, um, it's an excellent time to really be working to say, okay, what skills do I need to polish up to be relevant in the new um, in the new economy? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those are digital skills. There's lots of great resources online um, or through services like ours where you get um, training in project management and digital skills, um, graphic arts, whatever whatever kind of direction that you want to move into. And so it's, it's really thinking about getting some new qualifications that you can bring forward to, to a a prospective um, hirer as well. Um, And something else, Tony, you'd said about, you know, really trying to hit that bullseye. That is really important because, you know, as a hiring manager, you don't want to hear, you don't want CVs that, people are trying to make themselves relevant for the role. You know, sadly, um, you really want someone who is relevant. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, you know, you do sometimes get approaches by perhaps less, um, uh, you know, people with maybe less integrity who are trying to push people on you. And in the end, you end up just, um, you know, sending them straight to your junk mail folder or blocking them as a sender because they're not... Uh, you know, they're, they're not doing the filtering for you. The advantage of someone like you for a recruit, someone who's trying to recruit mm. is you're doing that filtering. So yes. you're, you're putting your integrity on the line to say, I'm putting my word behind. This is someone that's worth your time. And that is a, you know, that's a gold mine. Yeah, absolutely. Good recruiters do that. You, you know, you have to, you have to, um, separate the wheat from the chaff and only put people forward that you will be happy to reflect your your reputation really and i think that uh, is something that uh, recruiters do very well and you know i always say to people if you can find a good recruiter that you can build a relationship with where you can work with them proactively to to find your next role that is a very effective uh, method as well as as going direct and it's something that uh, that i would advocate people do but of course you know, finding the good ones is the, is the, is the hard bit. But, you, you know, LinkedIn LinkedIn has made the world a lot simpler from that point of view. I think you can search for somebody uh, that is a recruiter in your niche um, and you can see from the recommendations that they have or have not been given as to whether they may be good or bad. Um, so, you know, that's that's another, another thing that I, I definitely uh, recommend people do. Uh, JC, thank you very much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. I know your time is valuable. I wish you uh, good luck um, with the the outsourcing business. I'm, I'm sure you're going to be very busy, probably probably a bit too busy over the, over the coming period. But um, sure. you know, I, I wish you all the best. Thanks very much, Tony. Great to talk to you. Cheers, JC. Take care. All the best. Well, I thought that was a very interesting discussion with JC. Um, she's a very, very experienced CEO um, in a number of industries, management consultancy, um, but also actually in the in the sort of talent and career transition world of, of outplacement. And she made some very interesting points, particularly around just how many people apply uh, to jobs online and how, you know, she even has some clients who, are, who are, have a, um, desire to reduce the number of um, people that apply to them in any given situation, which I think just demonstrates just how many people are uh, applying, just clicking and applying online. It's not always the best way to do things. She also pointed out that for the right candidate um, that is uh, brought to her either through a direct approach um, by the individual or through uh, a recruiter, somebody like me, they do occasionally create roles. 
and that indeed there are roles that, uh, particularly the more senior roles in her business, which they do not advertise and are therefore within the hidden, hidden job market. So all very interesting stuff. And if you want to understand a little bit more about the hidden job market and how it actually works, please do go to my website, www.careermovesecrets.com. On the website, you will find a job search masterclass, which outlines just how the hidden job market works and how companies really recruit. That's well worth uh, having a look at because I think it really will open your eyes. And if you're very uh, keen to find your next uh, career move in a short space of time and you want some real help, then consider investing in my premium course, which I designed to be your ultimate guide to getting hired in the hidden job market. And of course, as ever, if you're enjoying these podcasts and you want to hear more of them, please do consider subscribing because there will be more Career Move Secrets podcasts coming very soon.